Hello everyone and welcome to Golden Walkman Magazine. My name is David Walker, one of the editors, bringing you the issue for June 2018. Glad that you are here. Um, I am very excited to get straight into the poetry of this month. And we start off with a poem by William Ferguson. And it is titled, I'm trying not to cry in this Harbor Freight Tools. And beyond the title, because uh, it's a great title, uh, we were really drawn to this piece of, of uh, poetry because there is an obsessive fixation on, on details, like on the details of this. And it sort of reflects this very honest view of, you know, or this intimate view of a, of a relationship. It feels like we are getting uh, a peeled back curtain uh, view into into a specific relationship, whether it's whether it's real or not. Um, the, the speaker is is uh, is fixated on the details of this relationship and what goes into it. So, uh, really hope you enjoy this poem. Um, I'm trying not to cry. In this harbor, it's it's worth repeating. I'm trying not to cry in this harbor freight tools by William Ferguson. My name is William Ferguson, and this poem is called "I'm Trying Not to Cry in This Harbor Freight Tools." I'm trying not to cry in this harbor freight tools over the fact that I just dropped you off at the airport to start another month apart. But I can't find a goddamn command strip hook for this one picture that I need to hang in this one empty spot in my living room. The picture of a woman attached to a hot air balloon, her head the flame filling the balloon itself. And it really shouldn't be this hard to find something to hang it on, but it is. This store filled with every tool but the one I need. And to make matters worse, some shitty 80s ballad bleats out of the tinny speakers in the ceiling. One I've heard before a thousand times, but can't remember the name of. Here, there's not just beginner's hammers and screwdriver sets, but a whole wall of circular saw blades, like tiny moons full of teeth deeper and sharper than my own. Or welding wire and soldering guns putty knives and pickaxes, tools to build or tools to tear down right next to each other on the shelf, the choice of tools preceding the project itself. Across the aisle from me, a socket wrench set that I would barely know what to do with, shining like a metal organ, and in the reflection I could have sworn I saw you, but it was just my own face distorted. So I put it back on the next shelf over, out of place next to the canvas drop cloths, paint brushes, automotive grade, paint spray guns, rolls of hoses. I could have put it back where it belonged. And I could just buy what I need and leave. I could just go home, but I'm not ready yet. If I went home, I would see the cup you left out on the table, sweat still beating the glass. I would smell you on the pillows. You would almost still be there, but wouldn't. So it's easier to stay here, unfamiliar. It is oddly comforting. A wash in the aisles like I'm jet-lagged in a new country. It's easier to stay here than it is to go home and have nothing else to think about but you.
Earlier, when I called to see if they had command strips in stock, the voice on the other end said, I'm sorry, sir, but you'll have to come in and look for yourself. So uh, when writing the poem, I'm trying not to cry in this Harbor Freight Tools. Um, I actually wrote it right after weaving a Harbor Freight Tools. And uh, it was one of those moments when I really needed to write the poem down. And it was uh, sort of coming to me very quickly. And I had nothing to write it down on. Uh, so I had to go buy uh, just a, a pad of paper and, and a pen to be able to, to write it down. And... Uh, you know, not not only was it sort of a weird situation to be feeling the need to to cry in this uh, you know hardware store, but uh, what I really like about uh, this poem is the fact that you know I'm it's the crying in the in the hardware store is something that would be instantly coded in that environment as feminine and um, not masculine, and I'm sort of surrounded by this sort of hyper masculine environment, all these tools that you know, have no instructions about how to use them as if I'm supposed to know how to use them already just by being a man. And um, so what I like about this poem is it's not only a poem about longing and desire for uh, someone who is not with me at the time, but it's also something about, uh, you know, traditional codes of masculinity, uh, being surrounded by these 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 physical embodiments of hyper-masculinity and feeling ill-equipped and, and unable to, to use them um, as well. So our next poem, uh, this issue, is a poem by Matt Gillick titled Perhaps Another Time Like Right Now. And this this poem is, is very interesting because while it doesn't come right out and say it, it it feels like it's it's speaking about addiction like just to just to give you um sort of a sort of a heads up or or just a um uh, sort of again look into our process of of making of making these issues i don't really listen to i don't i don't listen to the the analysis that the the poets give us before, or the writers give us before um, I put it into the issue, and then I listen back and, and I and I hear what it's about. So um, when I am when I'm giving you these introductions to the to the poems and to the stories, um, this is off of just what we what we uh, think as as we read it and why we're drawn to it. And so um, for me, this this feels a lot like addiction. I'm not exactly sure if it is about addiction, but it feels like it. Um, and it's it's a different take, a different look at addiction. Again, my interpretation um, as only as only those who are up close to it can describe it. So I, I've I've come across, and I'm sure we all have across different different literature that has tried to portray addiction in, in a certain way, and um, each of them has a slightly different take. So um, I hope you enjoy this one, this one by Matt Gillick, uh, titled Perhaps Another Time Like Right Now. Perhaps Another Time Like Right Now by Matt Gillick. The itch doesn't come back at the party in the crowded bathroom by a makeshift marble countertop letting potential begrudgingly pass by. It's not the way the head snaps back, waiting for the drip and borderline nausea interjected by a bump up from a new entrant. 
We're crawling back down the snake pit, defanged, because somebody needs to piss. All those people, all those connections, dispersed, dislodging shoulder from shoulder. They're behind the horizon, and our winds intercept different jet streams. It's the days from putting words in a notebook, with the worry that your well is dry as rocksteady comes from that dance hall below your apartment, waiting for you to have another forgetful dance, eavesdropping like enemies of the state under floorboards. Another bass spasm, and your tied-off Jiminy, who needed his own program, whispers in your ear to go downstairs, one more time, man, just one more time, and getting used to this cycle has us see horizons through a bottleneck, covered with laminated highlight and disco ball glisten, but this feels right. This isn't so bad. You might as well. It's a curting commodity of perhaps another time, like right now. I write particularly to get people out of their own heads, whether that's in fiction, in poetry, or even with myself, because I do that through going even deeper into my own head. It's kind of a Buddhist way of going about it, if, if I'm using the correct label. The reason why I wrote perhaps another time like right now was I wanted to show in sort of a fantasy surrealist way how people get their drugs or how people acquire this high that they're going about, whether that's through uh, money, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever, whatever it is. And I wanted to show people that there is a network and that there is a community and there is a mentality that's all tied in with substance abuse. And the whole idea of people being like-minded is very prevalent, even when people are almost chemically driven to keep um, these, to keep pursuing these uh, ideas or these narcotics or these substances or these feelings that come with it. And I wanted to include that with metaphors that were surrealist and uh, almost fantasy driven because a lot of times people who aren't exposed to the community or co exposed to the horrors that substance abuse can derive from, it they don't have a, a clear understanding of what it is. So I wanted to show how it, they almost seemed like it fantasy, but there's a gritty realism that grounds that to it. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, why I wrote it and I hope people enjoyed it and understood it and understood my message after this. Thanks, Golden Mockman, for uh, publishing this. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. So sometimes there is a validating feeling when you listen to the analysis and you feel like you have understood, um, a writer's intent, even though... I don't want to get too philosophical, but this idea of once it's out in the world, it's it's open for any interpretation, and maybe it's not the authors anymore. Whatever uh, we we think about literature and its role in our lives, and um, and its relationship between author and text and audience and etc. Anyway, let's get to our last poem um, of the issue, and it is a poem by Alrisha Shea titled, which I'm going to butcher, Betrach, Betrach, 
Charge Tongue. <laughs> sorry, I am so sorry. The Charge Tongue following freak weather event, and don't worry, um, we will hear the correct pronunciation once the reading begins. So the reason why we were so drawn to this particular poem was very similar to the last poem. There's a lot of surrealistic imagery in it um, that, that we were very drawn to and, and very interested in. And there is a, a hypnotizing use of repetition that is just that is just beautiful. And so really hope you enjoy this this poem by Alrisha Shea, and I'm going to let um, the pronunciation just kind of happen. Uh, coming up, here we go. The Tracton After a Freak Weather Event by Alrisha Shea. My teeth smell like lollipops, and still, still you sleep here. We met in the dead of August, and I've grown freckles since. I hope you can hear my bones rattle in the mannequin-shaped hole, hollowed in your attic since they wouldn't fit in me. My bones carved into your lollipop-shaped bones. Borrowed without August, without asking. Sucked dry, bones without marrow. Disgust-shaped, your face tells me that in August you'd sucked on worse. Since I sobbed in my mannequin-shaped hole before August, and before August you looked at me like that. Since, after all, love is to jump with hollow bones, I shattered through your roof. August-shaped freckles to let the light in. Since, after all, my mannequin body was bones, hollow and hungry. I shattered, shaped into shards so bright you'd think they were windows, letting the lollipop breeze wash away the splatter on my skin. You would think anything was windows if it broke wide open for you. We are not all as generous as the Austin rainstorms, and still you sleep here. The breeze is lollipop breeze, but would you care if that's what had broke through your skin? Sure, act as if you have new bones. Rainstorm, restore, replace. Act as if this broke my body, no. I am sugar, sugar as sweet as laying mouth up, rainstorm sweet. My plastic body would turn into candy unsupervised. As you slept in my hollow, rainstorm after rainstorm, each would-be freckle blotted out. Rainstorm after rainstorm, all blotted out. Still, pretend you are daybreak. Pretend you are still. But Tracton was originally written as a sestina, and as I revised the poem, I realized sticking to that format completely was sort of constricting the poem. As I revised it, I kept the words at the end of the line the same, but I didn't stick to it so much, like I switched the set of the words in between, for example. Betrachton is a poem about a feeling of betrayal, anxious thoughts, especially relating to the body, and it relates a lot to my relationship uh, with my body being trans in relationship to other people's treatment of my body <laughs> being trans, especially partners. The title comes from a collection of short stories written by Franz Kafka, who wrote The Metamorphosis, and I've always kind of related to Gregor Samsa a little bit in the feeling of alienation. So that feeling of alienation and betrayal is what I tried to portray in this poem.
Thank you for listening to this issue of Golden Walkman Magazine. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, we are we are so thankful to our contributors for for sending their stuff to us. And um, you know, again, without you, this there's no issue. So um, thanks again uh, to Joey Gould, the other editor, um, and thank you thank you so much to you who are listening to this and. Um, you know, if you have any suggestions on, on what we should do next or um, you want to become a contributor yourself, go to our website, uh, email us, goldwalkmag.com. You can find out how to do everything uh, with this. So a few things, housekeeping, and then I will let you go. Um, we have our dialogue submissions for the next few days. Uh, the end of June is the, the deadline for it. So wonderful piece of Imbira music by Joyce Chigia. Please listen to it, feel inspired, send us your stuff, um, and we may publish it. Uh, we also have our audio chapbook contest that is com uh, coming to a close at the end of July, so you have a, a bit more time for that one. Um, and a chapbook that you, ha that you have um, laying around that you would want to hear uh, presented audio uh, orally. <laughs> about to say audioly, um, but orally, um, we, we turn the winning chapbook into an audio book uh, because, again, we, we really love um, the audio medium. So any of this stuff interests you, uh, please find out more about us on our website. Subscribe uh, to this to this podcast um, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll, you will get the issues every time they come out and um, automatically. So uh, that's all I got for you. So, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed this issue and I hope to hear from you soon.